0: The Misfits would turn out to be the final film, not only for Marilyn Monroe, but also the actor, Clark Gable, who insisted on performing all of his own stunts, which includes being dragged through the desert by a horse. Marilyn was very much blamed for the death of the actor, less than two weeks after the film's completion, due to her inability to show up for work on time or remember lines resulting in numerous takes He is quoted as saying whilst having to wait for her what the hell is that girl's problem god damn it i like her but she's so damned unprofessional he was to die just a few months before the birth of his child It has already been established that Marilyn Monroe had a problem with controlled substances, meaning alcohol and prescription drugs. It is very clear to see in this film, in which she is bloated, and colour pictures of the black and white production reveal a reddening of the eyes. But what is most poignant is that during the first half of the film, you will notice her hands visibly shaking. Some of Hollywood's biggest names come together in this John Huston-directed contemporary cowboy tale. He had previously given her her first break in one of my favourite noir and Monroe movies, The Asphalt Jungle. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. The script is penned by Arthur Miller, Marilyn's husband at the time and it was a gift to her but it is a marriage that would also become a casualty of this production. In it Monroe plays Rosaline Tabor, a woman who has come to Reno in order to get a divorce and stays on for a while living with Gable's character Gay Langland who is an ageing, womanising cowboy. Guido, played by Eli Wallace, is Gay's friend, and Isabel is Rosalind's friend. Isabel is played by one of my favourite American character actresses, Thelma Ritter, and it pains me that she only ever managed to secure supporting roles for herself. But I digress. Somewhere along the way they pick up another cowboy by the name of Pierce, played by Montgomery Clift, who is trying to make some money by entering the local rodeo. All grouped together in one place, they do represent a gaggle of misfits. Each of them have their own, what we could call horror stories, of a life of hard knocks, which breaks them instead of makes them. However, Miller manages to write characters that endear themselves to the viewer. Significantly, this is the only film that Marilyn stars in that has the flavour of what is to, be to come later in the decade of her death, the 60s, with such films such as Bonnie and Clyde. But this newness and fresh and refreshing brisk wind is not present in her personal life. Neil Sinyard writes in his book, Marilyn, At times, Marilyn could be, according to Houston, nothing short of wonderful. But for most of the time, she was either late or in such a mental haze that her presence was not much help. Houston was calculating that she was taking up to 20 Nembutal sleeping pills a day, washing them down with a deadly combination of vodka and champagne. Filming had to be halted for two weeks, when she was rushed to Westside Hospital in Los Angeles to have her stomach pumped out. Even when she returned, matters did not improve. Anyone who allows her to take narcotics ought to be shot, growled Houston, railing against those Hollywood doctors who were so casually prescribing what Marilyn demanded. He goes on to write, With hindsight, one can see that the misfits marked the beginning of the end. By now, Marilyn was seriously ill. On the advice of her psychiatrist. She was admitted to the Payne-Whitney Psychiatric Clinic in New York for a period of rest and consultation. After the misfits and the divorce from Arthur Miller, Marilyn began work on Something's Got to Give in 1962. It was a remake of the 1940 film My Favourite Wife, starring Cary Grant and Irene Dunn, which had been... A big hit. The screen tests for this unfinished film show Marilyn looking healthy and beautiful compared to her appearance in The Misfits, having shed pounds. But she was, alas, to die before completing the film. She was indeed to be fired just before her death due to the fact that in 35 days of filming, she had shown up only 12 times, evidence that although she may have looked the part, nothing could have been further from the truth. Marilyn Monroe died on August 5, 1962, aged 36. Something's Got to Give was later renamed Move Over, Darling, and shot the year after her death, starring Doris Day. If you would like to buy The Misfits or any of the other films featured in this podcast, please visit www.montagefilmreviews.com and click on the stores link. There you will gain access to our Amazon bookstore where you will find a shelf dedicated to the Montage Film Review's Sunday DVD rental suggestion podcast. You will also find a Marilyn Monroe shelf in this bookstore which contains DVDs and books on The Late Actress. I'm your host Shay Trinity. It's been a pleasure. Stay tuned for a bonus feature. And as always, this has been an Eskimo Fin production.